0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amy Johnson with one Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at NBA You can go over to Detroit Bad Boys and find some of the articles I've written about the Pistons. You can also find me on YouTube and view some of my videos that I do about the Pistons, but also I have a few about the NBA as well, at Ballroom. I have a few of you guys ask me, am I still riding over at Detroit Bad Boys? Do I still make YouTube videos? Um, Not as consistent right now. Uh, One, content's kind of slow right now. And two, during the season, the podcast takes up my majority of my time. It's my number one focus. So I get it in when I have enough free time. So I do have some past stuff you guys can go check out over there. But right now, I don't really have anything. I think my last article was last month. And my last video was a month and a half ago as well. Um, but yeah, the podcast is my central focus right now. I'll be sure to try to get some more content out over there on those platforms as well soon. Uh, but anyways, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about bold predictions that we have for the Pistons in this upcoming season. So I tweet this out. I ask all of you guys to give me some bold prediction that you guys have for this upcoming season. I talk about it on the podcast, then I would get myself give a bold prediction, my biggest bold prediction for this upcoming season. I can't wait for you guys to hear that one. I want to hear what you guys think about it. Uh, I am feeding a little bit into the fan base with my bull prediction, but I feel like it's something that, if I'm wrong about, I'm okay being wrong about it. But it's a little fun, and I honestly hope it happens. So I'm willing to go that route, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But let's go ahead and get into some of the things that you guys have sent me about your guys' bull predictions, and see what the rest of you guys think about it, and also what I think about it. So let's get started with that. Uh, also later on in the podcast. We had a Pistons Twitter, Fantasy Football Draft. A lot of you guys have tweeted me and asked me to talk about that and tell you guys who I drafted and what the team's looking like, who's in it. So we'll save that for the end of the podcast. But let's go ahead and get into the bold predictions. So first up, we got from Keith Black Trudeau, the historian of history itself. Uh, he had I had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. I think it was a month and a half ago I had him on the podcast. We talked about the history of the Pistons and some going back to the 2004 Pistons. Go check that episode out. Keith knows literally everything there is to know about anything. So definitely was a fun episode. But his role prediction is Frank Jackson will be one of the top four scorers on the team this season. Do I think that can actually happen? So I think Frank Jackson may very well be one of the top scorers on the team. Uh, I can't wait to see how many minutes he gets and what his place is in the rotation. But as of right now, I don't know if he'll get enough minutes to really become a top scorer on the Pistons. I think again, I think he's one of the top scorers on the team. He just pure scores. He's really gifted in that aspect. But again, I just the minutes I'm I'm trying to see it like a way that I can see him like just earning enough minutes to pull that off. Because his position really is clunky. So even if he like becomes a mainstay in the rotation, I still am not sure that he would receive enough minutes to outscore Well actually let's go through the top four scores. So I got Jeremy. You got Kay Cunningham. I'm assuming Sadiq's probably gonna get up in there. And then I guess that fourth spot's open. So will it be Frank Jackson? I think Hamadou Diallo will put up a fight right there. Possibly Josh Jackson. You got Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk probably takes the fourth spot. But I think he's fighting for that fourth spot. Um, I think that's a fun bold prediction, Keith. I'm just not sure if Frank Jackson will get enough minutes to even try to pull that off. But I guess this is the point of bold predictions. They're not likely to happen, but it's something that you believe could happen and you're willing to put your money on. So there you go. Frank Jackson, top four scorer. I don't think it can happen, but it'll be interesting to see if he's able to pull that off. He's definitely one of the best scorers on the team. Uh, next one, let's see who... Let's let's find a different one. Let's find a fun one. Um, this one right here from Luke Cade Marbingham. He said... Oh, I get what you did here. Uh, he says, "Saku ends up starting over 10 games this season. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. You guys know I love Saku. You guys know I'm a big Saku guy, but him starting over 10 games this season, unless... Like we get to the end of the season, they just start resting all the veterans. Then Sekou ends up starting at the end right there. Maybe he reaches that 10-game threshold. Um, If Sekou ends up starting 10 games before then, something either went horribly wrong or something went insanely correct. Uh, Like this past season, he started 11 games. I believe all of those came at the end of the season uh, when they basically forfeited the season. So if something like that happens, he possibly could get to 10 games. So that one... Actually, I think that one might be more likely than the Frank Jackson one simply because it's not out of the realm of possibility that at the, that at the end of the season the Pistons just say, screw it, let's go ahead and do what we did last year and just play all the young guys, and he ends up getting those starts like that. So I think that one might be more possible of happening than, than Frank Jackson's. but either way, both of them, it's going to be hard to see happening. Uh, next one is from, uh, I can't say this dude's name, but <laughs> he says, Pistons win at least 35 games this season. That's pretty bold. That, that one's a pretty bold prediction right there because I think right now the over uh, the the odds right now with the Pistons winning the over under I think they have it at what twenty five and a half right now I think they actually raised it to twenty seven and a half so you're going over like seven and a half wins so that that's that's pretty bold right there a lot of things would have to break right Kay Cunningham would have to be freaking amazing. Jeremy Grant would have to continue to be amazing. Kelly Olenek would have to be a great signing. Sadiq I would have to take a major step forward. Killing Hayes also major step forward. Saiku would have to improve. Uh, just all around the roster would have to improve, and that might get them to thirty-five wins. Isaiah Stewart as well would have to improve pretty, pretty drastically. So thirty-five games—that's pretty bold. If they do that, I'm, if they end up winning thirty-five games this year, make sure you go a year from now and and let me know that you you called that happening it was your bold prediction i'll, I'll transfer you like 50 dollars or something man i'll give you credit for that but <laughs> let's go ahead and get to the next one we got from kate in detroit it says kate will make this top shooting guards list by the end of the year this is actually pretty cool i i wonder if he how long it will take kate to break this list so and that's if you consider him a shooting guard i don't know what position they're going to consider him you know how people like i know a lot of people consider james harry point guard but they have him on shooting guards it's whatever but this is hoops uh, hoopshype.com's top 10 shooting guards that he sent and this is the top 10 they got James Harden number one number two Bradley Beal number three Devin Booker number four Donovan Mitchell number five Zach Levine number six SGA number seven CJ McCollum number eight Clay Thompson number nine Caris LeVert and number 10 RJ Barrett so one Clay Thompson I guess you have to put on this list even though he's had like two back-to-back injuries uh, I guess he's projecting for that he doesn't get hurt again so obviously he's on here So can Cade possibly take over R.J. Barrett's spot? Can Cade possibly take over Karis LeVert's spot this season? Maybe. I mean, if Cade is like this generational guy, I think he could possibly do it, especially with the Pistons. Like, if you combine both the bold predictions of this and the 35 wins, like if Cade gets this team to win like that many games his rookie season, I think he definitely gets into the top 10 shooting guards list. Actually, I think this one might be the most, so far, the most likely one that could happen, like the one with the highest chance of happening, simply because that's how great Cade's supposed to be and how how highly thought of he was coming into the draft, and w- how highly he's thought of even still once he's been drafted at the Pistons. So I think that one's the most likely one to happen out of all the ones we've heard so far. But when we come back, we'll continue to look at the, some of the vote predictions that you guys have sent me. I, I still, as I'm recording the podcast right now, I'm recording at 2.30 p.m. Uh, on Monday, and I'm, I'm getting multiple answers as I'm recording. So we'll see how many we end up actually getting through. But before we get into any of that, let's imagine something real quick. Imagine you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is a help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, and three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job job descriptions immediately reduces hiring time by 27%. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, go to Indeed.com slash locked for a $75 credit valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. What's the deal, guys? There are some things in life that you just don't really want to talk about. You know, issues in a relationship, family problems. Or, more importantly, sweating through your t shirt in the public for no reason when out with the boys. Yeah, you heard me right. Everyone has been there, including myself. Simply wearing deodorant doesn't help it either. But sweat block antiperspirant wipes can help. Sweat block is doctor created and doctor recommended. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed. Then wake up the next day and do your normal routines like nothing ever happened. Except this time, without the worry of sweating through your t shirt. Sweatblock works for up to seven days per use and has a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back instantly. If you or someone you know is dealing with this worst issue in life of sweating through your t shirt, tell them all about Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LockedOn. Again, get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LockedOn or at Amazon and CVS. Get Sweatblock now and stop sweating. And guys, I've actually been using Sweatblock for the past two weeks now. They sent me, it was the first time that I've actually received like a package. Uh, I, all the other ones I tried myself, but this is the first time I actually was received a package from like the company that I was sponsoring. And it was pretty cool, honestly, but I've been using it since then. And I can tell you guys that 100% works. I am a big fan of it. So make sure you guys go try that out. I'm telling you, it—it it, you will not regret it, but... Let's go ahead and get right back into the bow Predictions. Uh, Once again, if you guys want to hear about the Pistons' Twitter Fantasy Football League, who's in it, how we drafted, how everything went, I know a lot of you guys have tweeted me and said you guys want to know about all that. We will be talking about that at the end of the podcast. But let's get right back into the bow Predictions. So we actually have, while I was reading those ad reads, we've had like four or five sent in. So let's go ahead and look at some of these newer ones. This one is from my boy Sham. He says, Sadiq Bey will average at least 15 points per game with 50-40-90 shooting split. And then, you know, Duncan Smith throwing me says, you just said this to make Ku mad. And Sham then tweets back at him, the gold medal instigator. Uh, I'll say this, gold medal instigator. Um, I'll say this, Sadiq Bey is capable of doing something like this. Listen, you guys are going to get tired of me talking about this. But if this is your bold prediction, the reason why someone would have this type of bold prediction is because... You listen to me. It's because everyone listened to me and Sadiq Bey listened to me and everything I've been saying is because he realized, hey, maybe I should stop trying to do ISOs or maybe I don't do any more uh, pick and roll ball handling duties or try to do stuff I just simply can't do. I maintain just simply doing, you know, taking good shots around the rim, finishing buckets in transition, running wing to wing, moving around on the perimeter, coming off pin downs becoming not just a good outside shooter, but a great outside shooter, taking good shots, don't force anything, just become a great off-ball player, and hit your free throws. Because that's why I think Sadiq Bay can become. And if you average 15 points per game on 50-49 shooting split, you're a damn great player. So if you, any of you guys out there have this like idea that Sadiq can hit that, the only way he hits that is if you guys agree with me. So if you guys have been disagreeing with me and you guys don't like the fact that I'm I've been saying this stuff about Sadiq Bey. You also can't believe he can go 50-40-90 shooting split with 15 points per game. I promise you right now he's not doing that with handling the ball in his hands. That little first percentage is probably going to be around 42%. And I'm going to guess it would be like somewhere around 42, 37, 86, something like that if he tries to do all the stuff that you guys want him to do. But if you listen to me and you make him just a great off-ball player and make him learn and, and just get better at the things he's already good at and make it to where he's great at it, Yeah, I can see 15 points per game, 50, 40, 90. I can see it happening. Uh, But that would involve me being right on multiple fronts. So, uh, actually, I'll take credit for that. So, if it happens, Sham, I'm not going to give you credit. I'll give myself credit because I've been actually saying that he should do this all along. So, anyways, we move on to the next one. This one is from Laz Jackson, one of my editors over at Detroit Bad Boys. We had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Make sure you guys go check out that podcast. Laz is a great listen. Uh, He says, Garza will score. Also, make sure you go check out his podcast, Pistons vs. Uh, Pod. Uh, but anyways, he says Garza will score lots of points and not do much else, leading a lot of casual fans mystified as to why he isn't playing more and is playing for the Cruz. So, Laz, I'm going to assume that you're saying that he's scoring a lot of points for the Cruz, and then people are going to be like, oh, why Why isn't he being brought up? What's going on? He's dominating the Cruz. Uh, and with that, I 100% agree. I think he's going to dominate offensively. Uh, probably in the cruise. he's probably going to do like you said score a lot of points throw off a lot of uh versatility on the offensive end from outside inside footwork uh, all that kind of thing um i think what people need to be paying attention to and we've talked about this on the podcast and i'm gonna go ahead and spoil this for you guys we got frank garza luca garza's dad coming on later in the, in the week on the podcast it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk with him i've heard nothing but good things about him he's been great to the business community ever since luca got drafted here but Anyway, I think what you need to be looking for for Luka in the in the G League, and we've talked about this multiple times, is that you need to watch for him defensively, see if he's playing good team defense, not individual defense. I, I, I want to see if he's able to become one of those guys who just isn't in the wrong place, if he's in the right place and is able to play good team defense. Is he boxing out guys and averaging a ton of rebounds? Because I think that's another way he can get playing time in the NBA. If he becomes just a guy who's going to swallow up second-chance opportunities and not allow teams to get second, third, fourth chances at the rim. Because that, that also is a way of playing defense, and that can give him some more value in the defensive end, even though he's not a great individual defender himself. So I think those are two areas you should be watching for more in the cruise rather than his scoring. Uh, now if he were to go down to the cruise and start really struggling to score against better competition in the summer league, then I guess that would also be somewhat concerning. But I think all of us really expect him to go down there and play pretty well offensively. It's just about whether he's able to improve defensively his defensive IQ, I want to see him become a really good rebounder, a good box guy is out, um, and just be in the right spots on defense. So I think that's what we're going to be looking for. But to answer your answer, last is bold prediction. Uh, I do see that probably happening, that fans are probably – you're going to see him score a lot of points, and fans are going to be like, oh, well, you know, Luca's out there scoring. We need some scores. Bring him up. We need, we need to see him play. And it's not just like that. It's, uh, it's not going to happen. I, maybe at the end of the season, same thing with Luca. But it's not going to happen like that. And I do agree that fans probably are going to do that very early in the season. Because Luca's probably going to dominate the G League. I think we're all in agreement that he probably will do that. Uh, he's really talented talented offensively. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does that. Um, next one. This one is from one of my old high school buddies. Uh, I graduated with him in 2016. His name's Colin. He says, Jeremy Grant will be an all-star this season. So... I almost went with this being my bold prediction. I almost went with the Pistons have an all-star this season, whether it was Jeremy Grant or Kay Cunningham. My my bold prediction was going to be the Pistons will have an all-star this season, but I backed off of that. But since you brought it up, I think Jeremy Grant had a good case last season. I I think that last, last season was probably his best case he's going to have. I don't think he's going to have it this year because of multiple reasons. One, because the Pistons aren't going to win enough games. Two, I think his role will be decreased, which is good for him. We'll talk about that later on this week as well. We're going to talk about the fit between Jeremy Grant and Kay Cunningham, probably on Thursday's episode or Friday's episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But uh, it will be a good thing. But stats-wise, it won't look good for his all-star case. And also, I I think that players are going to be – last year I feel like there was was a lot of – what's the way to put this? I feel like there was a lot of guys last year that made all-star games or were pushing for all-star teams that normally never did like julius randall and a couple other guys and i think this year you're going to get like back to the mainstays of guys there's not going to be too many surprises on the eastern all-star team and i think all those uh factors combined will hurt jeremy grant's case at being an all-star this year so can he eventually do it i think honestly i think like i said i think last year was probably his best chance of being an all-star will he eventually do it i hope so Maybe like next year or two years from down the line when the Pistons start winning and he's a big part of that. Maybe then him and Cade both make the all-star team. Um, But I don't think he's capable of doing it this year. I think he had a good chance of it last year. And it is what it is. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one. This one. uh, Let's find a newer one. Newer one. Uh, This one. Killian will be top five in steals per game by the end of the season. Probably averaging over two a game. I like this one. Because Killian is a is a pest off the ball, and he likes to get up in guys, and he's definitely is much stronger and is able to body guys defensively, make them uncomfortable. We saw that in the G uh, the summer league already how much stronger Killian looks, even outside. That if you go back to his rookie season, say Seik- uh, not say Killian was really good defensively off ball and really good with getting his hands on balls so and just being a disruptor. So this wouldn't shock me at all if he's averaging over two steals a game. I appreciate the bold prediction of it, the top five in steals per game. So this. This right here, I hear. Th- I think this one right here, for real, might be the most likely one. I know I've said that with a couple of these, but I think this one takes the cake now, right? So far, I, I see that one possibly being capable of happening. So I guess, I, I guess I-, I I might actually agree with this. I think Kelly may actually average two over two a game, and I don't even know if that will be that bold to see it happen. So yeah. Anyways, let's see uh, some other ones. But yeah, I like that one. Next one, this one also is about Kaelin Hayes. This one says, Kaelin will average at least 7.5 assists per game. That's a lot of assists per game, but I think Kaelin could probably do it. I mean, he averaged close to 6 a game last year for the Pistons in his rookie season. He wasn't even, I, I mean, everyone said, everyone knows how he struggled at the beginning of the season and how he came off an injury, etc. So, um, I, mean, it is what it, I think 7.5 he could possibly do, especially with the better team around him, especially with being able to play the entire year, playing with Cade, Jeremy Grant all year, not just like, I feel like a lot of um, I feel like a lot of the time that Killian played last year was during the time of you know we're just forfeiting and he wasn't really getting to play with the full squad of of the of the team the really good players so I feel like this year especially with guys who are capable of hitting his passes because he had a lot of like missed assists last year from guys that's incapable of hitting open shots so I I think this year he honestly really could average seven and a half assists per game I actually don't even think that's that bold I think some people may actually expect him to do it not not even just be a bold like oh, if he did this, it'd just be great. I think people, honestly, some people may actually expect him to hit seven and a half a game. Um, let's go ahead and look at this last one, and then we'll talk about the Pistons Twitter fantasy draft that we did with the uh, Fantasy Football League, and then also, I'll tell you guys my fan, uh, my bold prediction of the season, but this last one is from Joe Truck, and I was honestly expecting Joe to say this one, or say something along these lines, and I'm happy he did before I finished the recording, but he just sent this in. He says Jeremy Grant will be the team's fourth leading scorer, and Listen, Joe is much lower on Jeremy Grant than the rest of us. Uh, I don't believe this is going to be the case. I honestly still think Jeremy is probably going to be the leading scorer on the team. Um, but this is definitely bold as hell because he's basically assuming that... I mean, uh, who would you... He, I mean, obviously, he'd be assuming Kay Cunningham leaps over him. I'm assuming one of them would be Kelly Olynyk, And then either Kelly Olynyk or, or Sadiq. And then who else would he assume? Would it be like Hami off the bench or... or I, honestly, I... I I don't see the pathway to Jeremy being no lower than third. If you wanted to say third, then maybe. But fourth definitely makes it extremely bold. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think you did that just to throw like throw a wrench in there. But I appreciate you going super bold, Joe. I just don't know if there is really a pathway to that even happening. Um, but anyways, those are all the bold predictions that I got from you guys. We talked about all of them so far. You guys might send some more in by the time this recording is over. I'm sorry. Again, I'm recording this at 2.36 p.m. on the 30th. Uh, so... I think you guys might actually, actually – one was just sent in, but we're running out of time. So I'm sorry about that. If you guys want some of these answered again, you guys want to do this again next week. If you guys like this, let me know on Twitter at Hill NBA or in the reviews down below, and we'll be sure to do more things like this, kind of like we'll predictions about a certain player, predictions about uh, a certain a certain season, a certain part of the season, etc. We'll do all kinds of things like this if, if that's what you guys want to do. So make sure you guys let me know that. But before we start talking about the – Fancy football draft with Pistons Twitter my biggest bull prediction. Let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. Do you ever need a part for your car? Head to the store. Go through a ton of confusing questioning. Just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the part that you're looking for? I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems. I've with another one of our sponsors, RockAuto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand by using RockAuto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to RockAuto.com and start shopping. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So, the moment that you guys have all been waiting for. What is Kuka Heels' vote prediction? What is the host of Locked On Pistons' prediction? What is the most important person... In Pistons Twitter's opinion, what is his most bold prediction? That last part was a little bit of a troll, but there's a little bit of truth to every troll. That's something my fiancé always tells me, so take that for what you guys will. Uh, But what's my bold prediction? My bold prediction, and I'll openly say this. I'm not sure that this really happens for these type of players. We'll dive into that a little bit before I tell you guys about the fantasy football draft. But my bold prediction, you you guys ready for this? My bold prediction is that Killian Hayes will win Most Improved Player of the Year this year. Now, listen, listen. I'll say this. It's a bold prediction. Make sure everyone hears the part that says bold. Okay? So it's not supposed to be something that's very likely to happen or something that's just like, I'm not supposed to just say, oh, well, Killian Hayes starts the game this season. Not like like one of those. It has to be bold. So if I had to make one bold prediction, Killian Hayes wins Most Improved Player of the Year this year. This is why I believe he could do this. He really struggled his rookie season, but he dealt with injury. He didn't really get a chance to try to work through that. He didn't really get a chance to to like have their little rookie up and downs and learn the NBA game and work out his kinks and and be able to become a good player his rookie season, like a lot of these other players do. Like Sadiq Bay played really bad to start the season. He wasn't even in the rotation, not from the outside, but he really struggled to finish anything inside the three-point line. He still kind of does, but it was really bad at the beginning of the season. He also was struggling a little bit on defense. Isaiah Stewart, he was a good hustle, but he didn't he didn't look like he did at the beginning of the season as he did in January, February, or or March. Like, they get they got to go through the ups and lows and and learn the game and become a better player by it. And Killian didn't get to have that. So I think that is going to be something that he really takes advantage of this season, especially the offseason, because you see how jacked he got. So I think that will help him as well. But another thing that I think will help him, and I think this also speaks to the point of I don't know if they give this award to, like, second-year guys, could you kind of expect them to make a leap? However, I think it's different around Killian Hayes because if we're, like, talking about LaMelo Ball going from, like, 18 to 25 or something or, like, who who's another, like, Anthony Edwards going, what he average this year, 19, like, 19 to 24 or something? If we're talking about like that. You already knew that player was good, so I think, and then you expect, like, a good jump from them their second season. I feel like the difference with Killian Hayes is that I feel like a lot of people already label him a bust, Outside of Detroit, a lot of people outside of Detroit are already saying, oh, this is a whiff of a pick. You know, a lot of these overseas guys, I think it's unfair, but a lot of these overseas guys have this, like, stigma and, and this, this narrative that goes with them that, oh, these guys are all bust. I don't know why you take chances on guys from overseas. You know they won't be good. So I feel like already after rookie season, Killian Hayes, of him playing, what was it, 26 games this season? Yeah, 26 games last season. I think you already have people outside of Detroit saying, he's not this. He's already that. He's already this. He's already that. So, they already have him at like as a low player. So if he comes out this year and becomes a good player, he's actually improve. Like I think he, he's going to shatter narratives about that, and people will put like a different perspective on it. Like oh, we thought this guy sucked, and now look at him. He's actually good. Now, DeKilling actually sucked last year. He did have his struggles, but he didn't look like as bad as people think he did. He has his bright spots, and he did show improvements over the thing. But outside of Detroit, everyone thinks he sucks. He's just straight up bad. So if he comes out next year and shows the things he we know the passing, he gets a little bit better from shooting. He gets more He simply just gets more aggressive. He doesn't even need to be. He doesn't need be, even need to take this big of a step as a score. Just be more aggressive because we saw him create space and and able to get to his some of his spots sometimes and and get open shots for himself from mid range and even beyond the arc. If he's able to hit those even a little bit of a higher clip along with his passing and his up his upgrade defense or his, his better uh, improved defense. He's going to go from this guy that everyone outside of Detroit thinks is just straight up trash, and like, oh god, this guy's a good player. Look how, look how trashy was this se- last season. He was wasn't even an NBA player. He's trash. We thought he was a bust, and now he's a good player. There's most improved player of the year. That's why I believe Killian Hayes has a chance at most improved player of the year. Now he would definitely have to take major improvements across the board. He'd have to become a better shooter from beyond the arc. He had to become more aggressive, draw some more free throws, make it easier for himself. He'd have to really raise that assist percent, uh, assist number up, which I think he actually can do defensively, I think he's going to be really good. His steals per game will probably be high, like we talked about earlier in the podcast. I think he's going to be able to do good over there. I really think as long as he simply comes out and is aggressive and is looking to score, I seriously think Killing Hayes could pull that off. I think he could, simply because of the narrative around him leaving his rookie season outside of Detroit. And I think he actually can become a great player. You guys already know, I think Killing legit has superstar potential. Do I, I'm not saying he's going to hit superstar potential this year, I'm saying that he can become a really great player. So I think he can take a step towards that direction this season and, honestly, win most improved player of the year. So that's my most improved – oh, not my most improved. That's my bold prediction of the Pistons' season this year. Killing Hayes, most improved player of the year, take it to the bank. Uh, I, I'll bet what? – what is it? I, I don't really know how bets work. I stopped betting once I started losing everything. But whatever the the odds are, I'll take the, I'll take the over, whatever the hell it's called. The over on the odds or whatever the hell it is. But, anyways – uh, before we leave, let me tell you about the Pistons Twitter fantasy football draft. So, we'll be doing a fantasy basketball. I definitely will be trying to get them to do one. I hosted this fantasy football one. But I definitely will be wanting to do a fantasy basketball Pistons Twitter league. Uh, I tweeted out, like last week, who wanted to play in it. Um, and as soon as I did that, like all the like all the uh, big names in Pistons Twitter said they wanted to play. So, we only ended up having like two open slots for everybody. Um, but anyways, let me go ahead and tell you guys who participated in this league first before we even get to, um, and I just got another one of your guys's, I got three more just tweets, tweets just now about, um, <laughs> about the vote prediction. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. We're done with that. Hopefully we, if you guys want me to talk about it next week, we can like I said, but okay, let's go ahead and t- see who's in this league. We got Keith Black Trudeau. We got my friend Martin. We got, uh, Sham who's in it. We got Duncan Smith who's in it. We got Laz, Laz Jackson, who's in it. We got Joe Truck is in it. We got Ryan Love, who's in it. We got one of the Pistons fans, Don, in it. We also have another one of the Detroit Bad Boys uh, editors, Brady Fredrickson, in it. We also have... I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Oh, we also have Matt Way in it. And also, we have the person who's always guesting on the podcast. I got him to do it. He was... He, he, he was kind of, he, he, I had to convince him. He was he was on the edge. He didn't think he was going to do it. I had to tell him, listen, it'll be fun, man. Come get in here. Bryce, but we all we got Bryce from Motor City Hoops in there, so that's the 12 in there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The draft, I, I'll say it didn't go my way. Um, I, I'll say in the first round, like the first two rounds, I legit think like, like 18 running backs were taken, and I just wasn't going to reach on any running backs. It just wasn't going to happen. Like I wasn't going to reach on like, I don't know, like Jamal Williams or something in the second or third round just because I need running backs. Like, it wasn't going to happen. So, I decided to take a different route. I stacked up on wide receivers. Everyone else was taking running backs. I said, screw it. I'll just take all the wide receivers I can get. I, I'm not going to reach on guys that are just not this worthy. Also, I got the worst pick in the draft. If everyone who plays fantasy football or plays fantasy basketball or anything, everyone knows that if you're in, like, a, a draft and Serpentine or Snake, it goes one way, then flips around, goes the opposite way Next, next round. The worst pick is the middle of the draft. Because you wait six picks. I, I, I was six. You wait six picks, and then you wait 12 picks. Then you wait 12 picks again. So it's just like back and forth. Now you're, now you're waiting 12 picks every time. I'm in between. Like, if you get last, you may wait, wait 10 the first round, but at least you get like a back-to-back pick next, so like you can get two guys back-to-back. No, I'm sitting there watching 12 guys get drafted each, in between each one of my picks, and it's just trash. It was awful. I hated it. I couldn't do anything. I was just watching all these running backs get taken off the board. I could do nothing about it. However, I'll read you guys my team. Let me know what you guys think. Also, I guess I tweeted out. You guys can also find it at Kukula NBA. I tweeted out my roster. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the other guys' roster. If you follow them on Twitter, we've all been tweeting them out. But this is my team. My quarterback, I want Lamar Jackson. I drafted him in the fourth round. That was to make up for some of the running backs that, that I missed out on. I wanted to get a dual-threat quarterback, especially with, like, I feel like passing yardage and passing quarterbacks don't get rewarded a lot. You need that dual-threat quarterback, especially with me not having as good as running backs. I feel like Lamar can like counter with both of that. I think he he he'll bring points in the, both those departments. So I got Lamar in the fourth round. Then I got my first pick was Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people were saying, "Yo, I don't know about Zeke." Listen, I believe Dak's back. Dak Prescott's back. Hopefully, he doesn't die out there again. And and Zeke is able to have a good season as long as Dak stays alive and plays this season. I think Zeke will have a great season. He'll go back to being an, an, a stud this season. So Zeke was my first pick. My second running back, Chase Edmonds. I think that's a good pick. He's a We're in a PPR league. He's the pass-catching running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Honestly, he might be the number one running back over there soon. So, you know, I think that's a good pick. I got him in like the sixth round. Pretty good pick. I think he's really good. This is when we start stacking up on receivers. I got DeAndre Hopkins, and I got Mike Evans at receiver. Two, duh, two studs. Just monsters. It is what it is. They're, hopefully they carry me a lot of these weeks. I need both these guys. They both have injury concerns, so hopefully they stay healthy. But when they're healthy, hopefully they tee off for me. Next, we got Rob Gronkowski at tight end. Um, I, I, I drafted Gronk in like one of the last three rounds. I only have him on my roster when it comes to tight ends. I w- once again, like I said, Kittle, I wanted to get Kittle, but I believe Keith was the one who took Kittle from me, like two picks before me, or three picks before me. And then I also wanted to get TJ Hawkinson because I know TJ Hawkinson is going to be a high, uh, get a lot of targets for the Lions this year because they don't have any other weapons. But, you know, I'm pretty sure Sham took him from me. Of course, the only other person who really watches the Lions. Knows this, so he takes them from me. So I waited until the last round to get Gronk. My flex is Robbie Anderson, new number one over there in Carolina, with Sam Darnold. I think he's going to dominate over there. He's going to be a high-point getter over there. Uh, we got the Saints defense. doesn't matter. I'll interchange defenses throughout the league. Uh, I drafted the best kicker last year in Jason Sanders. I don't know. Kickers is really random, but I don't know if he's going to do that this year. But I drafted him. He was the best one last year. Then in my bench, I have literally like six receivers on my bench. So it goes Corey Davis, new number one over in New York. For their rookie, what Sam Wilson. Uh, hopefully he tees off over there. Uh, then you got Kenyon Drake, the Los, uh, Las Vegas running back. He's their pass catcher over there. He may even take uh, a lot of the carries over there if he plays really well. So we'll see what happens over there. I also have Michael Carter, the rookie running back for the New York Jets. He's fighting for the starting spot over there. Uh, hopefully he does something over there. I took a lot of risks with these guys. Then the rest of my ride receiver bench. We got Marquise Brown for the Ravens. One of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. We got Tyrell Williams, who figures to be the number one receiver for the Lions, even though they all suck. Uh, he's going to be the guy that gets most uh, targets, I believe. Then I took a flyer on A.J. Green with the Cardinals. He's going to be their starter. They already said that. Hopefully w- playing with DeAndre Hopkins make it easier. He has a breakout season, or a comeback season, I should say. And then with my last pick of the draft, I took former line Ty Johnson with the Jets, because he's also fighting for the starting spot over in the New York Jets. That could be a really good value pick. But there you go for the, those of you who wanted to hear about the fantasy football draft, how I did. Let me know what you guys think about my team. Did I do a good job? Listen, I know the running backs aren't that great, but I wasn't reaching on no running backs. It wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry. But let me know what you guys think about that. It was a lot of fun to do that. I can't wait for the season to start. I can't wait for football season. Honestly, can't wait for the fantasy basketball season to come around too, because I'm going to do a few of those drafts. But let me know what you guys thought about the podcast. If you guys have any other bold predictions you guys want me to hear about, make sure you write down the reviews down below. Make sure to give me a five-star down below as well. I appreciate it. I had one of you guys ask me, where you guys leave reviews on Spotify or any other platform? I believe Apple Podcasts is the only platform that allows you to give reviews. So if you could, please go over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review down there. I really appreciate it. And anything you guys write in the review box, I will read if it's a question. I will read all of those. So once again, make sure you guys go do that if you haven't already. Make sure you follow me at NBA. I'm almost to 5,000 followers. I want to try to hit that. But thank you guys for listening today. I appreciate it. We have Frank Garza coming on to the podcast later on this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of stuff planned out for this week, so I can't wait to get to it. I'll see you guys in the next podcast, and peace out, everybody. Have a great day.